Welcome to the Heights Sermon Series Podcast, where each week you'll hear a new message that'll help you with your life shaped by the Word. Hey, Heights family. Well, we want to talk to you just for a moment about giving. And here's the good news, not that you should or how much, but how, how you give. And you do give so faithfully and so generously uh, to the Lord and specifically to the Lord's work here at the Heights Baptist. Thank you so much uh, for doing that. Now, I said we're going to talk about how. What are all the ways that people give here at the Heights? Well, when we talk about the regular weekly, monthly giving, most people either do it manually or electronically. By manually, I mean they write a check or they give cash, and they can do that just by dropping it in our offering boxes or mailing it into the church. To give electronically, the easiest way is to go download our church app, which we want everybody to do anyway, click on Give, or you can do it through the church website. Once you do that, it'll take you to where you need to go to fill in your information and give electronically. Okay, now we've had a, a great year of giving. Uh, our, our church family, as I said, so faithfully, so generously. They've given, actually at this point, above what is needed for budget. And your staff has spent under what was allowed for budget. So that's a good combination. So we've got a really good thing going here, Mike. And you want to mess that up. I do. You, you want to change part of that electronic formula. What, what's happening here with that? Well, and even back in 2020, that spring, we were getting ready to change our giving platform. Okay. Uh, but when COVID came, we decided it was a good time to wait. No more. Uh, but now we're ready to do it. And, you know, Pushpay's been good for us. We've been using it for years. But there are others that are out there. And one of those is Realm Giving. And Realm Giving uh, works the same as Pushpay. It has the same encryption. It has the same PSI Level 1 uh, compliance. All of the things that people who know what that means want to have. <laughs> I don't. Uh, but another thing, the reason we like it is it actually ties in with the accounting software and the data management software we've been using for 30 years. It's okay. made by Realm as well. And so it makes it easy to integrate the two. They mesh together well. They save time. Uh, they make it easier for our accounting staff to put all the stuff they need to do into the books. And it makes um, you know, less of a chance for a mistake. And so we've decided to do it that way. But another reason was it saves us about $20,000 a year. Ooh, okay. That's a significant amount of money. I would think in most cases if we could do something for $20,000 less and get the same quality or in this case the same security, that, that would seem to be a pretty easy decision. Okay, so how, how do I do that? I, I've been giving on push pay and now I want to move over to Realm. What, how, how does that happen? Well, whether you're somebody who's new to electronic giving or you are moving over from Pushpay, the first step's still the same. You've got to get on the Realm Giving platform. And again, the easiest way to do that is to go into the church app, check, click Give. It takes you right to it, and then you just follow the steps that okay. are there. It asks you how much you want to contribute, what funds you want to contribute to. Uh, it asks you how often you want to contribute. Because most of our electronic givers, they give on a recurring basis. In okay. other words, they just set it up and say, I want to give this much every month or every week. You have whatever frequency you want to use. Yeah. Then you click start date, whether you want to start today, next week, next month, you choose that. Then you just follow the rest of the steps there, and when you're done, you're signed up and you're ready to go and ready to give. Now, if you are a push pay giver, there's one thing you do have to do, one more step. You need to go into push pay and make sure you turn <laughs> off your giving there. Yeah. Or else in the transition period, you might be giving us twice what you intended. Oh, that's okay. We don't, mind. we don't mind. <laughs> you know, I asked that question like I didn't know. Quick testimonial. I actually, about a year ago, I changed from push pay over to Realm. And 
found it very quick, very easy to do. Now, if we're, we have contract, a service contract with PushPay, if we're going to save that money, that means that's coming to an end. So when, if, I, if somebody is using PushPay, when do they need to stop using PushPay? Well, we're stopping all the links on our sites at the end of February. Okay. But then you've got another month. So by the end of March, we're discontinuing push pay. So you've got a little time there to transition and get switched. Okay. Over. Okay. Listen, folks, anytime we ask people to do something, especially like adding an app and going in and putting your information, that can be a little bit of a headache or annoyance. But I hope you'll do that to help us, not us, the staff, us, the church family, Save $20,000. And let me just say, if you're having trouble with any of it, whether it's getting on Realm Giving or getting off of PushPay, if you'll just call the church and ask for Jennifer Harris. And Jennifer has been working with this for several months with some test groups we've done. And so she can answer your questions or find the answers to your questions. So give her a call. Hey, hope you guys will help us out. Let's all here over these next couple weeks get moved over from PushPay uh, over, over to Realm Giving and We'll have $20,000 to use in a better way in serving the Lord. Have a great day. Yeah, go ahead and clap. That's a great video right there. I didn't think we needed to watch again, but I, I guess you say it's backed by popular demand. So many of you said, and, and we can't keep watching it, so from here on out, you're going to have to buy a video and, and then you can watch it all, all the time at home. No, we, yeah, we're doing a big thing. And uh, obviously there's people maybe seeing that today that weren't here last week. Uh, I don't think we're showing it next week. I bet we show it one more time in March uh, as we come to the conclusion there. But uh, it, it is a big thing. And, and we're asking everybody to consider those of you that use the, the giving app to go from PushPay uh, over to Realm. Uh, last Sunday and Monday, we had 64 new starts of ongoing giving move over to, to Realm. 64, many of those represent a couple or a family. So that actually represents several hundred people. So thank you very much uh, for buying in and uh, ma- beginning to make that migration o- over to uh, Realm. And uh, hope you'll consider doing that if you haven't and you do use the app doing that here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, he referred to Jennifer Harris. Jennifer is going to be uh, out at the desk uh, following the service. If you want somebody to maybe give you just a little bit of a head start or maybe you have a question about something, uh, she should be able to help you with that. So I hope you'll go out there and uh, get that taken care of today. Well, it's a good day to talk about that because we are talking about money today. I- I've entitled my message, Preparing for Profit. We're getting ready for when that big truck comes down your street, that big truck filled with money, and it's going to drop it all off at your house. And uh, you might be thinking right now, I did, I did, is there a sign-up for that? I didn't know that was happening. Um, you missed the, the sign-up was last week, and uh, you had to be here last week for that. No, it, it, the odds are not very good, right, that you're going to have a big truckload of money come up to your house. But you know what we did do last week? We looked at things like the lottery and and even some other things. And we saw, man, there's really some very measurable statistics on how bad it goes for people when they get a lot of money. Uh, That is so contrary to our thinking, isn't it? My guess is, I don't know this for a fact, but my guess is almost everybody in here watching online right now at least once has had the thought, boy, if we had a little more, 
Gosh, if we just, what we could, we could finally take care of that. We could finally resolve this. Gosh, we would be able. It's just so hard not to think more money means better. You you know, it's interesting. Do we think that way about God? (laughs) Boy, if I had more faith. Boy, if I was trusting and obeying a little more. You see our faith in money? How natural it is to think that it's, it's money that gives us life. And so when you find out that more can actually be disastrous, well, hey, I know God doesn't want disaster for me or for you. So how do we prepare for that? And it doesn't actually have to be a truckload of money. You, you know, even, even a good raise. Yeah, you change jobs because it's going to be such a good raise. How is it? That we can get more money, a good raise, and this time next year we'll be just as in debt and having all of the same financial stress. You see, there's something that's not adding up there that more is not doing for us. And so that's what we're trying to prepare for is to get more and not have it hurt. And so here's the way. It's real simple. It's three words. I'm giving the whole thing away here at the beginning of the message. Be a giver. Be a giver. That simple activity, that simple discipline has a profound impact on all of your money and the influence that it has on your life. Let me show you a passage. It's a passage I bet most of us have heard. I bet it's a passage a lot of us have actually said. We may not have known Jesus said it. We may not have even known it came out of the Bible. But we've said it's more blessed to give than to receive. You ever said that? Now, I think we tend to take Jesus' words there and think about them really shallow. We really don't go very deep on what he's saying there. As a matter of fact, how do we usually use that? Well, we use that to say it's better to, better to give a Christmas gift than it is to get one. Yeah, You ever tried to sell that idea to a seven-year-old? I mean, that's work. That's work right there. And, and I don't know that we grow out of it. But is that all that Jesus means is, hey, it, it feels so much better in your tummy when you give something instead of receive. So is that just about giving gifts? No, Jesus is speaking much bigger there. Think about the word blessing. It's more blessed. How is that word used throughout the Bible? It's usually used with the idea of prosperity, well-being, physical well-being, emotional well-being, spiritual well-being. It's used with the idea of abundance. It's used with the idea of life, a full life, a, a strong and healthy life. That's a blessed life. And Jesus is saying, hey, listen, if you want a blessed life, you need to operate from giving, not receiving. And I juxtapose the operate from giving with, well, kind of what I referred to last week. We are becoming more and more a country. I want money for nothing. I, I just give me money. Now, do I think 100% of Americans think the way? No, of course not. But there gets to be a tipping point, and I don't know what it is, where more of the culture just wants money. I don't want to work for it. I want a lot of, I just want to receive. And what Jesus is saying there, that will never lead you to a life of blessing. Being in a position of just receiving is not going to get you where you want to go. It's not healthy. So if you, want a, if you want a life of blessing, you've got to operate from giving. What kinds of giving? How about all kinds? 
all kinds of giving. Give, give to God. Give to your church. Give to your favorite charity. Give to a, a person in need, a friend in need. Hey, they don't even have to be in need. Give to somebody to bless somebody. Just to bless. Be a person who is building giving into your budget. Now, when I say that, let me state the obvious. To, to be a giver doesn't mean we're driving down the street just throwing money out of the window. Just everywhere, we just, I'm just going to give because apparently Jesus said that's a life of blessing. No, I, I've got to do that giving in concert with financial responsibilities I have, bills that I have, with other things I need to accomplish and provide for a family. Hey, having a life of giving doesn't mean I can't go on vacation, doesn't mean I can't enjoy nice things. It, it doesn't mean any of that. It means I'm going to do a, enough. Now, that's the tricky word, isn't it? I'm going to do enough giving, I'm going to do a substantial amount of giving that it makes me look at my entire budget. And what happens? Here's the magic. Something about giving means I move from the money owning me to me owning the money. I I move from the money controlling me to me controlling the money. Why does giving do that? I don't know. Maybe that's why Jesus said you need to operate from a life of giving. Now, I certainly do believe while all kinds of giving can do that, I do believe there's a place to start, a a, a priority place. And that is with God, and that is with His work, that is with His church. Our our beginning gives right there. Now, 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 why? Why is that so important to do? I mean, doesn't God have everything? I mean, doesn't he? I, I mean, did, did you ever hear that? Like, he has like the cattle on a thousand hills. I don't know what that means, but I don't have any cattle. So I'll tell you what, God, you keep your cattle, and I'll keep the ones I don't even have. And we'll just call it even. Well, why am I with need having to provide for God who has no need? Look what it says in Psalm 50. By the way, that's where that verse is. It says there, for every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills, they're all mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world and all it contains, the world and everything in it, on it, under it, it's all mine. God has no need. you imagine that? God's never felt hungry. God's never felt lonely. God's never needed to do something and then was stuck, didn't have a way, a place to. God's never felt need. Well, I have, Lord, so, so why are we giving? I mean, he says there, I have no need. And if I did have need, I wouldn't be asking you, hey, could you get me to Friday? It's going to be a tough week. God's never going to do that. Well, then, then why? If, if he has no need and I have need, then why am I giving to him? Because, because God knows the impact of money on our life. God knows that money is something we think about every day. Do you realize how few things people situations you think about every day. I'm not talking about for a week or for a season. I'm talking about for all but the entirety of your life, you are having some thought, you are dealing something with money every single day. Almost nothing in your life makes that list like money does. Very few people, very few things will be on that list. And money's there, which is why it is so natural, it is so easy that money becomes our God. Money becomes what we worship, what we look to, what is our Savior. 
knowing its impact. That's why God says, hey, you need the discipline. You need the activity if you don't want money to take control of your life like this. So here's the crazy thing. Giving is about my need, not God's. Got to let that meditate for a second and ask yourself, do I believe what was just said? Giving is about my need. I, when I'm giving, because every time we think about giving, it's what we're doing for someone or something else, right? Giving is about my need, not God's. I do believe that. I believe that because of what the scripture says. I believe that because of a mountain of human evidence that nobody defies. So giving is about my need. Now, what is my need that giving is solving? Well, we actually could begin a two or three week series here on that. And we're we're not. I'm just going to make a couple of of points. But I'm going to kind of put them in the context of what we've been talking about last week and, and today. How does giving serve my need? Well, number one, giving gives me a chance, gives me a way to practice being like God. Now, notice I said a way. There's more than one way to practice being like giving, but our God is a giver. That is a big character quality of God. One of the most well-known, maybe the most well-known verse in all the Bible, John three sixteen, and what it is about. For God loved the world in this way. He gave. He gave his one and only son. Jesus, very much like the Father, obviously. What does it say of him in Mark chapter 10? It says he came to be, he came to serve, not to be served, and to what? Give. Now I know there's a smart aleck in here right now going, yeah, but that's not money. They're not giving money. Really? Do you really want to follow that line of argument very far? (laughs) First of all, God does give money. He gives all the money you have. Everything comes from him. But I think giving what he gave is more valuable and more expensive than money. Why did he give his son? Why did the father give his his son and why did the son give his life? Because that's a character quality. He's a giver. That's what he does. And he did give us everything we have. He gave us the planet, Psalm 24. It's actually his planet. And he gave it to us. This is actually his body. He owns it. Regardless of what the constitution you believe says... Our body is not ours, it's God's. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 to 20. And he gave it to me. He gave it to me to be able to use. And he gave everything on this planet that this body uses. Money, resources, positions, opportunities. First Chronicles 29, verses 11 to 12. It all comes from God. Why does God give all that? Because that's his character. It's not just an activity that God does. You see, I, I can do something nice and be de- described as I, I did a kind act there. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm kind. It means I, I had a kind moment, right? Hey, I can give something. It doesn't mean I'm a giver. It means I, I had a moment. Folks, God's not just having a moment. It's his character. It's his joy. It is what he does naturally. He's not thinking about it. It's natural that he gives. When I'm working on giving, I'm working on a character quality of God. I'm working on being like him. Now, I call that a need. That's a little bit of assumption. But I would assume if you're here today, you consider it of some value to be like God. 
You, you consider it of some importance, uh, maybe even a call on your life or a command on your life. Hey, I think I'm supposed to be like God or at least be working on it. Well, how do you work on being like God? Giving is one way. Giving also helps me love God. That's a need I have. I feel greatly loved by God and I want to love him. Back. How do you love God? What does that look like? What does that, that mean? Well, giving is a way that we love. You know, you've heard the phrase, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. We do giving without loving, don't we? Yeah, you're not sure if you do? I'm going to tell you what, you're going to have a lot of chance to think about it pretty much from now to April 15th. You're going to think about a lot of giving that you're doing to the good old United States of America. And uh, don't, don't worry, the Commonwealth of Virginia is going to be right lock and step behind them looking for their gift also. And you and I do that, and I'm guessing a lot of us probably, probably not love that leads us to do that. But we all do it, and we do a lot. There's a lot of money that goes to the government. Not love driving that. So while we can come up with illustrations in places where we give something and there's, there's no real love behind it, that's not true the other way. You can't define love without the word give. You've never watched, observed, appreciated, received love that doesn't have the word given. You are watching somebody give money, give time, give effort, give energy, and not just give. I bet in many cases when you were really touched by that love, you would say there was even a sacrificial element behind it. You know, that they, they just did it over and over and over. It was always there. Sometimes you didn't deserve it, but they just kept on. There's no way to define love without the word give. Giving is involved in that. So giving is a way I'm expressing love to God. The passage I had with that, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, was about the church in Macedonia. Church, just like you and I. And they they gathered together. They were the, the church in Macedonia. And different words will describe a church. One word that would describe the church in Macedonia would be impoverished. They, they were a church that was described by their poverty. They had nothing. And yet it says they begged. Isn't that a fun wor- use of words? They, they didn't beg for something. They begged for the opportunity to give. Paul said, you don't got anything to give. Why would you be begging to give? And they said, listen, the money's not an issue. We've already given our lives. If I've already given the whole of myself to loving God and serving God, then why would it be confusing that I would be giving the parts of myself to loving and serving God? Giving is showing the genuineness, the realness of our love. Why? Why giving? Because we value our money. However much or little of it we have, we value that money. Love gives what counts. Another need I have, to be obedient. I, I, I would imagine you're here this morning because you, you have the need to be obedient. You think there's some blessing that goes with obedience. And so you, you got up and you, you came to church or you, you logged on. Well, giving helps me to do that. You know, I don't think there's a lot of debate that the Bible commands us to give. Now, where we do get into some discussion is how much. How much are we supposed to give? And there's certainly a lot of discussion about that. Well, let's think about our first two points. If I'm going to work at being like God, I mean, like, what amount of money does that take? 
If I'm going to give a gift that expresses how much I love him and what he means to me, how much, how much does that take? Like, like, would a quarter do it? I got a quarter here. I'm more than happy, Lord, out of love for you and to be like you. I'll go back there and I'll drop it in right at the end of the service. Would a quarter do that? I'm guessing we'd all agree probably not. I mean, unless I'm six and I get $10 a month. Well, then, yeah. Then, yeah, probably that would be. But I'm guessing most of you look at me and think, I don't think a quarter is going to accomplish that. Well, why? Do you realize how impossible it is to talk about giving and not think much on how much? So would 50 cents do it? If you look at me and think a quarter wouldn't do it, would, would, would two of these? About a dollar. A hundred? What, what kind of help do we get to knowing how much would do that? Well, I believe that God helps us answer every significant question, especially the questions that deal with knowing and loving and trusting and following him. And I believe the word tithe is what gives us a, a benchmark, a place where we start in showing that love, showing that obedience, being like God. Now, that word tithe, sometimes we just use that word to mean giving. Oh, I'm tithing. Oh, I tithe today. You know, I'm saying I gave. But the word tithe in the Hebrew language actually means 10%. It is an amount of money that you're giving. I give the tithe. I give 10% of my income. Now, that's where the debate enters. Some will say, no, we don't have to tithe because that's under the law. It was under the law that they were required to tithe. And we're not under the law. We're under grace, right? You can nod your head here with great confidence. We're not under the law. We're under grace. By the way, it's interesting that we get hung up on the word tithe. A Jew living faithfully under the law, the tithe was the starting point. There was a variety of offerings throughout the year they'd be required to give. At the end of the year, the average Jew would have given 28 to 32% of their income. Wow, I think the tithe is starting to sound a whole lot better. That, that doesn't sound so bad now. Now, you know, when somebody says we're not under the law, so we don't have to follow the tithe, I, I wouldn't disagree with that statement. I would remind them, you know, the Bible shows us the tithe before the law. As a matter of fact, twice we're shown the tithe as an example, as a model of what somebody was giving out of love for God. And and so that predates the law. And then after the law, Jesus. Jesus points to the tithe, Matthew chapter 22, and speaks positively of it. And you know, Jesus knows how to say, hey, we're not doing that anymore. You remember when Jesus was in a discussion about the dietary laws? And 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 he talked about the point of that. And then he said, moving forward, all food is clean. We're no longer living according to the dietary laws. So Jesus knew how to say, we're gonna stop this part of the law. And he never said that about the tithe. The Bible does not show a single instance of giving from Genesis to Revelation that we know of that was under 10% as a model for how we do our giving. And I, you know, if you haven't done that, that sure seems like a lot. If you haven't done that, that probably even seems somewhat like an impossibility. I'm barely making what I got work and 10%, that's a lot of money. You know, I do believe we have the freedom to choose under grace. But if the goal is to give something that doesn't affect my budget, 
then in essence, what you're working on is giving God something that means nothing to you. That's what we're working on. How do I do this so that it affects nothing about my budget? It affects nothing about what I want to do. It affects nothing about what I want to accomplish. You, You just said, God, here's a gift that means absolutely nothing to me. I don't know how many preachers say this. I'm just going to go ahead and put this out there. I think God intended the 10% to mess up our budget. I think he intended that. I think that's what makes giving work. When I have to actually stop and think about what I'm trying to do here and managing all of these pieces and putting it together so that it works, I think that's what puts me over the money and not the money over me. Money, our giving, is going to help us be obedient. Uh, the, the fourth thing giving does is it involves the richest and the wisest person in the universe in my finances. I don't know about you, but I want wise, rich people involved in my money. And that is God. You know, the Bible says, 1 Samuel 2.30, he who honors me, I will honor. Now, that's just a very general promise. You, you honor me, and I will honor you. That word honor means to make heavy, to make weighties, make significant, make me, make me significant in your life, and I'll make your life significant. I've always thought you can take that general promise and pull it down into the pieces of your life. Hey, God, I want you to honor my marriage. Then that means I mean to honor God in my marriage. Hey, God, I want you to honor my work. Well, that means I need to honor God in my work. Hey, God, I want you to honor my parenting. Well, then I need to honor it. And we don't make up what honoring is. It's not left for me to imagine what that looks like. No, I go to God's word and it says, hey, here's what it's going to look like to honor me at work or, or honor me in your parenting. And when you do that, you know you've engaged the promise that now he's going to honor you. Well, there's one place where God pulls it from a specific promise or a broad promise to a specific. And that's when in our finances in Proverbs 3. He says, if you honor me with your wealth, I'll honor your wealth. I'll make your wealth do what it's supposed to do. Hey, let me ask you something. Is, your, is God's involvement in your finances, is it telling God, I want your wisdom, I want your way, I want your blessing, or is it telling God to butt out? Because our giving is telling God something. I wonder how many people are telling God to butt out, but then they're praying for God to provide and wondering why he doesn't take care of them. Well, you told me to butt out. You said you didn't need anything that I had to bring here. So what am, what am I supposed to do? Man, involve God in your finances. Number five, giving makes a difference. You know what? I think all of us, well, I want to know my life counts. I, I want to know I have some purpose. I want to know that I'm doing something good. You realize giving gives us a chance to do that every single day. You know, this Past year, maybe this is why I was talking about this and, you know, the truckload of money and everything. Karen and I did have a truckload of money come down our street here recently and just drop off all kinds of money. It's called the empty nest. I, I, I literally, I don't remember the exact date, but I remember this conversation. I think it was like 13, I think it was like 13 years ago. I told Karen, because we got four kids, we're entering a financial gauntlet. I mean, we got, you know, I, th- I think it was when I started insuring the first one with a car, right? Y'all, you, know, you know, anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So, you know, I'm thinking insurance and cars, and then there's going to be college. And, and then, 
they might get married. And I, I, and I'm just looking at this thing. I said, Karen, it's a financial gauntlet, and I don't think we survive coming out the other side. And here we are. We're standing, folks. Here we, we're at the other side, the last one married, the last one off of any insurance that I have anything to do with. And uh, I'm telling you what, it's like getting a raise. And uh, we did some fun things with it. But you know what? Karen and I, from day one of our marriage, have built giving into our budget. And, you know, so what happens? Hey, we're talking about more money coming our way. Hey, I'll tell you something right now. We did some fun things with it. But this past year, we gave more money away than we've ever given in our lives. We gave 15%. We've always given the tithe. We gave 15% to the Heights Baptist Church of our gross income before taxes. And... Along with that, we've got these other ministries we give to, and we did more giving with them than we'd ever done before. Now, not on the level that we give to the Heights, but it was like another 3%. So I think our total giving this year was 18% of our, our gross income. Can you tell I've been working on taxes? <laughs> I've had a lot of chance to think about this the last week or two. And uh, let, me, let me pause right there, because I know I'm weirding some people out right now. And, and you're going, I, I don't think you're supposed to do what he's doing up there. Didn't, didn't Jesus say not to let your right hand know what your left hand do? Sounds like he's bragging about this. You know, that's, that's a good point. And the passage you're referring to is Matthew chapter 6. And there's actually three, not one, but three things he says, praying, giving, and fasting. And you remember, it's all something about secret, closet. Don't let your right hand do what is Jesus addressing there? It's important to answer that question because in both the Old and New Testament, throughout the Bible, the body of Christ, the people of God, pray, give, and fast publicly, together, under God's design and direction. So what did Jesus just say? Was he, was he contradicting himself? Did he forget those? What's he talking about? I think if you go and read there on your own, it's pretty simple to see. He's not talking about the activity. He's talking about the heart. And he says, and this speaks to all of us because we all struggle with it. If you're praying, giving, and fasting to draw attention to yourself, to have people applaud, to have people, oh, ooh, look what they're doing. They're so good. If that's your motive, stop. Stop completely and entirely. And you go in the closet and you let all your prayers be done in there. You let all your fasting be done in there. You let all your giving be done in there. And don't let anybody know what you're doing because you are not whipping the heart. You are not whipping the motive going on in your life. Now, obviously, I'm going to stand here and say before you, I have good motives. And I will tell you, you should doubt my motives because God doubts my motives. You say, how do you know that? Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is more deceitful than all else and desperately sick. Who can understand it? You know what he said? Hey, Randy, you entrust in your heart on your wonderful good motives there. Uh, Think through that again. Run that up the flagpole one more time. You know, we need to constantly check. So let me attempt to tell you what my motive is. I look at biblical leaders like David, like Nehemiah. Solomon, all throughout the Bible, especially in the area of giving, when they're calling the people of God and body of Christ to do something, they always communicated exactly what they were doing. In other words, because we struggle sometimes, right, with leaders who tell us to do something, and you're sitting there thinking, I wonder if they do it, you know? So I just want to say to you today, Karen and I, we're all in here at the Heights, we are, we are all in. I'm not talking about something that I don't, that we don't, that our family has not done. 
we come to the heights with the tithe. And this year we got a little more. And so it it was a lot of fun. Now I digress because that's not what point number five is about. It's about purpose and making a difference. So Karen and I gave to the Heights Baptist Church. We gave to the Pregnancy Help Center of Chesterfield. We gave to the Family Foundation. We gave to Mission Dignity. We gave to the Fellowship of Christian Athletes and and a handful of other things. Do you know what that means? That means every single day this past year, I was involved in, in spreading the gospel around our community and world. I was involved with ministry going on with students in schools. I was involved in not only rescuing babies from abortion, but serving, helping, and providing for the mothers who were going through some very difficult decisions that they were in that kind of decision. Uh, We were involved with helping those living in poverty. Uh, We were involved with those who are working to make good laws and maintain good laws for faith and family here in the commonwealth. Every day. Do you know how exciting that is? Folks, I have some days where I do really good in ministry. And I have days where not so much. I have days where I really knock it out of the park with the Lord. And I have days it kind of feels like a strikeout. But through my giving... Every single day I'm involved with those things. And I don't, I'll be honest with you, I don't think God wants me just writing a check, send it off. No, I, th- I think God wants me hands on. I think God wants boots on the ground. But that, that's hit and miss for us. We, we, you know, we can do it, we can't do it. By giving, it kind of levels it out. And now all of a sudden, every single day, we get to be involved in those things. And that makes a difference. Number six, and the last one, and again, I could go on, but it's, it's time to end the sermon, right? So number six, giving is a way of tying my heart and tying my life to God and his work and eternity and loosening my heart from things that are dying and ending because that's all the world offers us. You know, I, I, I just did all that that bragging, leaving you wonder what I'm doing up here, talking about giving 18%. Well, you do realize the other part of that math, right? 82% of what I have got sunk right in here to planet Earth, right here to taking the things I want to take care of and the things I want to do and the things that are, that are important. To us. And you know what? The Bible talks about all that. that. That's not wrong. That's not it. God wants me paying my bills. God wants me providing for a family. And so there's an element that we have to do that. You know one of the things I would spend too much money on? I, I don't know if I call it a weakness or a temptation that I don't beat. Um, and, I'll, and I'll say this because I trust you have things too. Uh, I, I like fine dining. I mean, like... I'll go spend money on a meal that would offend some of you. And, you know, and I want to immediately justify it by saying, but no, it's just, you know, it's for the really special occasions. <laughs> You'd be surprised what I can call a special occasion. <laughs> I mean, if you got Facebook, there's a national day for something, right? Every single, hey, honey, it's national, I got an ugly dog day. Let's go to La Mer at the Jefferson. <laughs> I got one of those. I mean, every day is a special day. Now, I don't go every single day. But I, I recognize that about me. I, rec- I like fine dining. And I will spend an amount of money that I know some would find offensive. Some of you would find that offensive. And you know what? When you said, I find that offensive, I don't think I'd have much of an answer to you. I, I, I admit that, that I... That's probably a little too much. That, that probably doesn't make a lot of sense. And that's why I'm so grateful for giving. 
Because if I didn't have giving, I'd be sinking 100% into what is ending, into what is dying, and probably even more of things I really can't judge. We all have money. We all have things we spend money on that at the end of the day, when you consider the great needs of the world, really can't be justified. We all have those things. Oh, people are suffering and I'm doing that. At least by giving, I don't have 100% of it going that way. God God gives me a way I can tie to what's eternal and to what counts. Because Jesus taught us, didn't he? My heart follows my money. That's how important money is. That's how important God knows that money is to you. Wherever that money is going, your heart is going. Do you want 100% of your heart going to what ends and what dies? Now, the good news is it doesn't take all of your money. But how much does it take? It's a huge question. How much does it take that it really begins to direct and have an impact on my heart? Let's pray. Father, I am always grateful I don't have to buy myself into heaven. I don't have to buy myself into your favor. I I don't have to buy myself answered prayers. The blood of Christ has purchased everything I need in the physical realm and the spiritual realm. The blood of Christ has purchased everything I need with you, and I praise you, and I thank you for that, God. And I want to live a life that responds appropriately to that. Not trying to pay it back but just shows how much I appreciate it. Father, I, I thank you for a mom and dad that, that gave and that, that tithed and did, and did all kinds of giving. It, it, it made it a little bit more natural and easy for me to step into that. I thank you for the faith to trust you with those resources. I, that, that faith is not in and of myself. I, I believe it is a gift from you. And Lord, I, I, I pray that way because I know there's, there's people throughout this room never really done this. And, and the concept of 10% sounds so overwhelming. Lord, I, I, I thank you that, that I, I've never had to make that big jump and figure that out. But Lord, I do pray for every one of us that as you called us to in 2 Corinthians to excel in the grace of giving wherever we start, whatever it looks like, that every year it gets a little better. Every year it becomes a little more natural. Every year it becomes less duty and more joy. What an opportunity giving gives to count, to mean something, to tie my heart to you. Thank you, God, for this discipline that I would not come to on my own. Every bit of your word is good. Everything you direct us is good. We thank you and we praise you for that. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.